Welcome, everybody. Not only here in the auditorium, but those of you that are watching by live stream and those of you that will be watching this service later. You know, there are several thousand people that watch this service later and uh, from all over the world. We get we get testimonies from them. And it's such a joy to be able to preach right here in Crowley, Texas, the church on the prairie, and, and realize you're touching other parts of the world. Praise Amen. God. Amen. Now, I had um, called in and let them know that I possibly would be sharing the prophetic word for 2023 that I've received. That, that came to me on October the 5th while I was down at my river house. And uh, as I was endeavoring to listen to the Lord, I felt like we needed to go another direction this morning because of the, uh, the purpose of this service today, our celebrating 22 years as a church. So I'll be back in this pulpit in November, and we'll start talking about it then. Um, I was just came from Rodney Howard Brown's church down in Tampa before going to Lakeland, and uh, that crowd would not allow me to preach anything else. Boy, did we have a service. My goodness, we had a service. So uh, <clears throat> the next time I'm here, I, can't, I don't know exactly what the date is, but in November, we'll start with a prophetic word for 2023, and I will tell you this, you're going to like it. You're going to like it. It's good. Praise the Lord. We've already got the graphics. We're, we're not going to show them today, but the graphics are already that we'll have on the on the screens so that you can uh, write it down. Hopefully, we'll have some bookmarks and things made for you so you can take it home with you. Keep the vision before you. Amen. Amen. So let's open our Bibles, uh, first of all, this morning to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And as we mentioned, we're celebrating 22 years as a church, and we're so grateful to God for His faithfulness. God has been faithful. Amen. That's the thing that we can always count on. He is faithful. Now, even though we've got 22 years, the best is yet to come. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, the best is yet to come. Tell somebody else, you don't want to miss it. Hallelujah. Now, just to give you a quick report, uh, and we'll, we'll go into this in more detail in November as well in a special evening service, and uh, kind of a state of the ministry uh, address. And, um, but so far, we've got two buildings almost finished. We're waiting to get them inspected now. And uh, one of them, of course, uh, this will house Jerry Savelle Ministries International as well as the church. And uh, of course, it's being built right across from our JSMI headquarters. But we've got two buildings. You've probably seen them, the metal buildings, if you've driven down the street to the left here. Uh, And one of them will house the Chariots of Light Christian biker trailers, outreach trailers and trucks that we take on all the tours. They're large trucks and trailers, and it will house, uh, be used for storage as well. Uh, we sold the property next door, and that barn over there is full of JSMI church supplies and equipment and 
So we have to move all of that, and that will go in one of those buildings. And then also uh, some maintenance uh, facilities where we can... We have a lot of vehicles, vehicles with JSMI and the church, so we can service them ourselves and not have to send them out, praise God. And, uh, and there's other things those buildings are for, but they're almost completed, praise God. And we've got a third one that we're getting ready to start that will uh, do pretty much the same as the other two, just give us more space. You never have enough space. <laughs> Anybody ever notice that? Yes. You know, we build something and I look at it and I think, wow, will we ever fill this up in just a few months down the road? We need more space. <laughs> Amen. So we're, we're, we're building. We haven't started the church yet. Uh, Carolyn's looking at different designs. We're, we're, we're in, got that in motion, but we don't want to just build something and not be what we really want. So... We'll talk to you about all that, but my point is, God has been faithful up to now, and He will continue to be faithful. And you say amen. Amen. Praise God. So let's go to Philippians chapter 3, first of all. And uh, this is one of my favorite people, the Apostle Paul. As you've heard me say many times when I get to heaven, I plan to look him up. And I'm going to tell him I preached all his sermons. And I gave him credit for it, praise God. But next to Jesus, the Apostle Paul has, has uh, ministered to me through his lessons and his teachings and just his very life. You know, he's very, he's very uh, out, out front, so to speak, with what he went through for the gospel's sake. And uh, it, it wasn't an easy life. But at the same time, he never, he never backed down. He never quit. I think the Apostle Paul got to the place where he enjoyed a good fight. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, uh, you've heard me say this too. And uh, uh, if they ever make a better movie about the Apostle Paul, the other one was pretty good. But it didn't cover all that I hoped it would cover. But if they ever make another one about the Apostle Paul, I'd like for Clint Eastwood to play the part. (laughs) Because I can hear Clint saying, as Paul, feeling lucky punk to the devil. (laughs) Go ahead, fire your best shot. Make my day. That's kind of the way I picture the Apostle Paul. You want want some of me? (laughs) Fire your best shot. Hallelujah. And... uh, and his attitude was, you, you can do whatever you're going to do, but me, when it's all over with, me and God will still be standing. So that's the reason I like this man. Praise God. So Philippians chapter 3, in verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Now, keep that phrase in mind. Apparently, there are things before or ahead that he had not experienced yet, even though he'd experienced a lot in his life as a believer. He's saying, but there's more. There are things ahead. Look at your neighbor and say, there's so much more. more. There are things ahead. ahead. Where you're at right now is not the end of your story. 
It is not the end of your testimony. Where we are right now as a church, this is not the end of our story. Our story lies ahead. Amen. It lies ahead. I can see it. You know, I we, we just I, I told Scott, uh, please have the guys come and, and mow the, the property uh, as quickly as possible because the grass had gotten so high and everything out there. And I like walking around in a in a field and looking through the eye of faith. Where you see more than just grass and you see more than just dirt. I see buildings. Amen. I used to tell Carolyn uh, when we bought all that property, uh, that 102 acres that we had to start with, uh, when we bought all that property, I'd say, there's buildings coming up out of this soil. I said, and there's an international jet in that soil that's coming up out of there. And when we were able to sell a portion of it that we did not intend to develop, that's how I paid cash for my international jet. Praise God. It, it, that, 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 that land produced that jet, praise God. So what else do you suppose is in that ground? You know, one time we used to go to Israel back years ago, every year for several years. And every time we would go, the first time she and I went was 1975 or six, I think. And, and it was a, a great trip. And, and, and I really had, did not have a desire to go back right away. But over a period of time, I was, I was eager to go back. I wanted to go back. And so we did another tour. And then when we had the Bible school in this building, where people came from all over the country, uh, every year when the first year graduates graduated, we took them to Israel, all of them that desired to go and, and did a tour. We had a, a tour guide that we used every year. And he would take us to places that many times other larger tour groups didn't get to go to. And, and we'd take, he'd take us someplace. And I would remember Carolyn and I walked on this ground back in 1975 or 6, the first time we came. But they had excavated it. And it was now a city under there that we used to walk on. So I told Monty, our guide, I said, when I get home, I'm going to dig my yard up and see what's under there, you know? <laughs> you know, at one time, I see Scott back there. Scott, and you can verify this. One time, there was some people came out here and said, there's gold buried on this land. You remember that, Scott, years ago? And uh, we haven't pursued that to a great deal. But, of course, they wanted to you know, do the digging and doing the discovery and take a large portion of it. Mm. Yo, mama, I ain't doing that. <laughs> it's, if it's under there, it's mine, you know. <laughs> huh? So anyway, um, there are things that lie ahead. This is not the end. We've got a, we've got a, a, a glorious beginning, but our ending is even more glorious, praise God. Can you say amen? amen? And that's where we're headed. So notice here he says, I'm reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now that reveals to me right there, just within those two scriptures, how what lies ahead becomes a part of the now. Right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
recognize that there are things that lie ahead. And then number two, press toward them. That's how you bring them into the now. I've never had anything uh, happen to me that God wanted to happen to me that I didn't press for it. Amen. Press for it. In other words, use my faith. Refuse to be moved. Walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. You know, you know the basics. We're always pressing toward what lies ahead. And that's what we're doing as a church. We're pressing. Now, sometimes it gets a little frustrating because it doesn't all happen in the time frame that we want it to happen. You know, and uh, but you have to learn to to just be patient. And not like the guy said, I want patience, Lord, and I want it now. That's not the way you get it, you know. Sometimes we just have to be patient. And sometimes we just have to learn to, to stand. But there are other things that we do that come under the category of pressing. And that's one of the things I want to talk about today. Pressing not only means to take your faith and just, you know, like like a bulldog and go forward and don't let go until it happens. But one of the ways that we press is to celebrate God's faithfulness all the time. To celebrate God's faithfulness. Amen. So notice here, Paul says, I press. Now, if you read this entire book of Philippians... You'll probably, when you get through, agree with most theologians. It's the happiest letter Paul ever wrote. Theologians call it the joy letter, the rejoicing letter. And he wrote it in the worst of times. He's in the worst prison that exists at that time. They're they're threatening to take his life. In the natural, this this is the worst place to write a joy letter. But on the other hand, it's the best place to write a joy letter. Amen. And he constantly telling them to rejoice. And, and, and he doesn't tell them to do something that he doesn't do himself. In fact, we know that this man was, was a, a man who was accustomed to rejoicing in adversity. Because this is not the first time he was in prison. He and Silas were thrown in prison one time. And at midnight, they sang praises to God. Amen. Amen. And, they, and they had been beaten. Their backs are bleeding. They're bruised. They're bloody. And they lifted their hands and, and began singing praises to God. Now, who wouldn't want to travel with the Apostle Paul? Don't you know when Silas was given that opportunity? Wow, I'm going to get to travel with, with the greatest man of faith in our, in our age, at our time. And I'm going to get to be with him. And he winds up in prison with his back bleeding. And I'm not sure that Silas was all excited about seeing Silas sing. Amen. Is this what I get for traveling with you? Huh? But this man knew that praising and worshiping And rejoicing was a part of pressing. Amen. 
Now, that's just the opposite of what most Christians do. You know, when they got adversity, they're not rejoicing. They're not praising. They're not, they're not celebrating the faithfulness of God. You know, one of the things that enabled David to slay Goliath was when he saw him, he's the biggest guy he'd ever seen in his life, and everybody around David is telling him, you know, no way, no way, even Saul, the king. Uh, is is concerned about David going up against Goliath. He's David's just a young man, and this Goliath character, he's a, he's a champion of the Philistines. He's got a lot of victories under his belt, you know. And Saul even tries to get David to wear his armor. And the Bible says that Saul was head and shoulders above every man in Israel. If David put his armor on, he probably couldn't even see out of the breastplate. And he, he said, I don't want that. I don't need that. This uncircumcised Philistine, what does that mean? He, he and David knew that giant didn't have a covenant, and he did. Hallelujah. He said, this uncircumcised Philistine will be no different than the lion and the bear. What is he remembering? Previous victories. That God gave him, and he's also acknowledging the faithfulness of God. When the lion and the bear came against me, God delivered them into my hands, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be no different than them. Amen? See, sometimes you need to just go back and rehearse previous victories and shout again over them, praise God. How many of you have ever had a victory? How many of you would attribute and credit God for that victory? How many of you, it's, it's fresh on your thinking right now. Why don't you give the Lord another great shout over it? Big stand up here. Here's a miracle right here. Here's a miracle right here. You talk about a victory. He wasn't even supposed to be able to do this. When we get through today, I'm going to run him in a foot race. Look what God's done. Are you still praising him about it? Well, you walked right over there praising God and and telling me the testimony again. Amen. That's how you win the next victory. Praise God. Thank you, sir. Amen. Don't ever stop rehearsing previous victories. And never give anybody else the credit for them but God. Celebrate His faithfulness. Celebrate His faithfulness. Somebody's going to get the hint. Celebrate His faithfulness. I said celebrate His faithfulness. Hallelujah. Amen. So the message translation says... I've got my eye on the goal. We've got our eye on the goal. I'm grateful for what we have. But it's not where we belong. (laughs) We've got a goal. It's been good for us here. Lord, we've used up every square inch we could possibly use. We've expanded. We've knocked down walls. We've done everything that you could humanly do to 
to make this building more useful and appropriate. But, you know, we have limitations here. And we know that our building is for this purpose. It's about the harvest. That's our theme. The building, I mean, if, if we didn't have a purpose for a new building, we'd just stay where we are. Be a whole lot cheaper. Just stay right where we are. But we got a purpose. They're not building over 3,000 homes around us just so somebody can say, we live out on the south side of Christ. They're building those so we can have a goal. It's about the harvest. Amen. And boy, they're coming up almost faster than you can blink your eyes. Carol and I have been out here by ourselves for 30-something years. You know, closest neighbors were miles away. And now I look out my back window, look out my side window, look out my front window. And I'd like to, I'd like to go and knock on every door and say, you have a house here because of me. Amen. 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 When we first moved to Crowley, you know, Jerry Ann still says this. At one time, years ago, there were several very wealthy businessmen offered to buy me land in Newport Beach, California, build me a church, hand it over to me debt free if I would be their pastors. I said, okay, we'll pray about it. I came home, but we weren't in Crowley then. Well, I guess we were in Crowley, yeah. And uh, the Lord said, no, why don't you stay in Crowley? So I called him and thanked him and let him know. Now, I never told the girls about that offer. <laughs> they heard me preach about it years later. Jerry had come at me and said, Daddy, do you mean to tell me I could have been in Newport Beach all this time? <laughs> and you chose Crowley? Well, this is where God wanted us. And when you know you're where God wants you, you don't want to be anywhere else. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have an assignment, as Pastor Justin said. We have an assignment. And we've got our eye on the goal. Say, I've got my eye on the goal. Now, this, this what I'm sharing with you doesn't just pertain to us as a body of believers. It pertains to you as an individual. This is where you... Uh, you reach into the future and bring what God has in store into the now. Yes. Amen. For you as an individual. But it doesn't happen without pressing. Let your neighbor say, I'm pressing. And one of the ways that we press is to never lose our joy. No matter what's going on around us, never lose our joy. Never stop celebrating the faithfulness of God. So he says, I've got my eye on the goal. Uh, The message translation says, I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. We're off and running and we're not turning back. And then verse 15 from the message translation says, So let those of us who are spiritually minded have this mind and hold these convictions. In other words, he's saying, if you are a spiritually minded person, then follow my example. Follow my example. Amen. Amen. 
Keep pressing. Don't ever stop celebrating the faithfulness of God. Amen. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. And the next verse begins with, and we are confident. See, if you're truly walking by faith and not by sight, then you will eventually become a very confident person. Amen. I don't have down days. That's my wife. I don't have down days. I try to get down, but I don't have down days. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, need, I need a little more practice on that getting down part, but I don't, I don't have down days. I'm confident. I know in whom I have believed. Folks, I'm coming up on 53 years of ministry and he's never let me down. Why wouldn't you be confident? Why would I be any other way? Hallelujah. In fact, uh, just this week, God did. I say I have sermons I've preached and you've heard them. The God of surprises. The God I serve is a God of surprises. He's always surprising me. He, he doesn't surprise me that he does what he says he'll do. But he always surprises me and how he goes about bringing it to pass. Because I never know how he's going to do it. And just this week, I had something. I, I was blessed in a way with something that I have desired all, almost all my life. Even as a young boy. You know, the Bible says if you delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. And very few people even knew about this desire. My wife did. But she didn't know it when it first became a desire. I mean, as a young boy, uh, this is something I desired. And it wasn't something like, you know, I'm going to die if I don't have it. it. It was just a desire. And I really hadn't, you know, exercise my faith toward it to make it happen. It's just in here. Just in here. And it came to pass this week. Hallelujah. I heard God say again, surprise. <laughs> Amen. Well, what is it, Brother Joe? I'm not telling you. Anyway. You just keep pressing toward it. Huh? Inquiring minds want to know? All right. Now, if I tell you, see, there was a reason I was not going to tell you what it is because it's not a need. And many of you have great needs. And if I tell you what it is just as a desire, then you promise you won't get upset? You promise you won't get mad? You promise you won't get jealous? You promise you won't leave the church? (laughs) As a young boy, now I've loved water sports all my life. I had the opportunity when I was in high school uh, to be trained by a national champion slalom skier. But I would have had to move to Florida at 14, 15 years old for him to train me. And my mama wouldn't let it happen. 
She said, you are not going to Florida at 14 years old and leave me here, you know. <laughs> so I've always loved water sports, and I, I was good at it. Terry was dating a guy one time who was a on the on the ski team at uh, was it University at Baylor at Baylor, and she asked if she could bring him home one time. I said yeah, so we went down to our place we had in Granbury at the time, and he said, uh, Mister Seville, or I, I said to him first, I said Terry tells me you're on the ski team at Baylor. He said I am. I said, well, apparently you must be really good. And he said, well, I believe I'm pretty good. I said, well, show me what you can do. We got out of my ski boat. And boy, he was good. I mean, he was good. And then he got in the boat and he said, now, Terry told me that you were a pretty good skier in the day. I said, well, I can still hold my own. In fact, I said, I can do what you just did. He said, show me. I said, can you drive a boat? <laughs> he said, yes. So I got out there and I did, did not do, I did everything he did, except at the end, he landed on his, he, 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 he just landed smoothly, got off the ski and got in the boat. On that last turn, I'm way out there on the wake, man. And I'm going to slalom one, one ski. And, man, I did a flip. And I flipped about four times before I ever hit the water. Knocked the breath out of me. And he come around with a boat and, and said, Mr. Savell, you all right? And I said, yeah, I'm, I just knocked the breath out of me. I'm, I'm okay. And then he and Terry left. Now, I didn't let him know. I cracked three ribs, <laughs> but he never knew it. Like Jesse says, don't ever let them see you sweat. <laughs> okay. So as a little boy, I always loved Chris Craft boats. Are you familiar with Chris Craft boats? They're wooden boats. And my favorite one was a 1957 Chris Craft with a Chevrolet 283 engine in it. That's what I just just got blessed with. Totally restored like it's brand new. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if God will give you what you desire... What else would he do for you? If you just keep pressing. Amen. If you just keep pressing. And one of the, one of the areas, a characteristic of pressing is never stop celebrating his faithfulness. I say that all the time. In fact, Terry Cable in here. She's with you. Terry, my secretary, Kenny's wife. She could tell you nearly every letter I write. Now, I can't answer all the letters we receive, but there are certain ones that they feel that I needs my attention. And nearly every letter I write in that letter somewhere, they're going to hear, they're going to see me write these words in all capitals and underlined with an exclamation mark. God is faithful. Yes. God is faithful. I celebrate the faithfulness of God 
all the time. Hallelujah. Not just when I'm preaching. I celebrate the faithfulness of God. I talk about the faithfulness of God. Hallelujah. So we're, we're thankful for what he's done. And we're celebrating that today. But we're celebrating also in advance of what we believe he's about to do. Praise God. Amen. Now, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 says, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. So once again, there are things that God has already prepared that we haven't seen yet. And some of them, we have, they haven't even been conceived in our heart yet. And they will be as we continue fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit because that's how it's revealed. Amen. And so there are things that are prepared. There are things that lie ahead. Amen. Then the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, While we look not at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary, subject to change. But the things that are not seen are eternal. Okay. So Paul is telling us that, one of, the, one of the characteristics or aspects of walking by faith is don't keep focusing on what you can see. Look beyond that to what can't be seen with the natural eye. Did you know there's a third eye? It's called the eye of faith. <laughs> the eye of faith. And it sees beyond. It sees beyond what you can see with the natural eye. Amen. Now... The message translation says it this way. There's far more than meets the eye. There's far more than meets the eye. Look around at this building right now, this auditorium. Just look around for a minute. I got news for you. There's far more than meets the eye. Amen. Amen. What we can see now, we're celebrating God's faithfulness. But we can also celebrate his faithfulness for what we believe is coming because they're far more than what our eyes can see, our natural eyes can see right now. God always has more in store for us to experience and to enjoy. I'm always grateful for what what I've already experienced, but I don't camp out there. I'm grateful for it, but I'm always pressing toward that which lies ahead. Amen. Amen. You remember in Genesis chapter 13, God said to Abraham, look from from this place where thou art. Look from the place where you are right now. And he showed him what lies ahead. In verse 15, he says, for all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it. So in other words, look at where you are right now, but don't camp out there. Don't, don't, don't limit God by saying, this is all there is. This is probably all I'll ever experience. This is all I'll ever see. No, look, look where you are, but then look at where God wants to take you. And you have to do that through the eye of faith. Amen. Amen. Look at where he wants to take you. Because this is not the end. 
Not for this church and not for you as an individual. Amen. 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 Now, in verse 17, God says, arise. In other words, look at where you are. Then look through the eye of faith at where God wants to take you. And don't just sit there. Arise. And do what? Start pressing. Start pressing. Arise. The message says, on your feet, get moving. I'm giving it all to you. So faith without corresponding actions, you know, is void of power. So we look at where we are. Then we look at where God wants to take us. We arise. We begin pressing. And sometimes the only way that we can press is by the words of our mouth and our praise and our worship and our celebrating His faithfulness. But that'll, that'll get you going forward. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, go with me. Uh, let's see. Let's go. Well, let's back up to Philippians chapter 1. Now remember, Paul's in prison facing death, and yet he writes, he writes this joyful letter. And in verse 19 he says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Notice, even though he's in a, a very difficult situation, he's confident that it's going to turn to his advantage. Amen. Amen. Do you suppose that was the foundation or, or, or his knowing to worship and to rejoice and to praise God in the midst of adversity was the foundation for him being able to say, I know this is going to turn. Amen. Yeah. Yes. He, he knew how to celebrate the faithfulness of God. Yes. He talked about it. He, he, he talked about it. He wrote it in his letters. In Timothy, he said, uh, affliction and persecution, tests and trials came against me or came at me in Antioch and, and, and several other cities. He said, but through them all, God delivered me. What's he doing? Celebrating the faithfulness of God. Amen. Amen. He talked about in, in a letter he wrote to the Corinthian church. He said, uh, we were pressed beyond measure. What we went through was almost uh, impossible to bear. But God delivered us. And then he added this. And he will still deliver us. He's celebrating the faithfulness of God. And he's already celebrating what he believed God would do in the future. Amen. Amen. Are you receiving this today? Once again, I'm not talking to us just as a body of believers in this church. But to you as an individual. God's got so much more in store for you and your family that you haven't heard anything about. You hadn't seen it with your natural eye. It's not even conceived in your heart, but God's got it ready for you. It's waiting for you. Just keep pressing. And one of the ways you do it is always celebrate His faithfulness. Hallelujah. Amen. So he says, I know this will turn. 
Look at verse 20. According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always. In other words, just because I'm in a prison facing death, I'm not changing one thing I believe. I'm not changing one way in the way I act. And I'm not changing one thing about how I worship God. I can worship God when I'm out on the street free. And I'll worship Him the same way right here in this dungeon. That's a great lesson right there. What do you, we're all shouting and singing in here. What do you do when you're home by yourself? Amen. That's where it counts the most. Anybody can shout and dance and sing in this kind of atmosphere. But we can't all go home with you. I can't jump out of your closet and say, Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord has made. You're going to become your own best cheerleader. Amen. Sometimes you just have to grab yourself by the ear, pull yourself in there in the mirror, point at yourself and say, you're not going to act like this. You are not going to act like this. Now get that frown off your face, raise your head up, straighten your shoulders back. Tell the devil if it's a fight he wants, it's a fight he's going to get. But when the dust settles, you and God are going to be winning. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, it'd be wonderful if Brother Copeland could come and grab you by the ear. But it's not likely that's going to happen. So you're going to become, got to become your own best cheerleader. Amen. Amen. So with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified. Christ shall be magnified no matter what I'm going through. Now, go to Philippians chapter 4. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. How often are we to be rejoicing? Always. But when is always? Always is right now. Why are we rejoicing? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. See, we just had always. Now again. say rejoice oh my goodness always is already gone let's do it again and again now you can do this in your home by yourself and that's when you need to be doing it particularly when the devil's trying to get you down about what is not happening just stop and think what God's already done and just jump up and go to shouting and praising God and dance the best you can. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm a pretty good dancer when I'm all by myself. Amen. You don't believe me, Vic? Amen. <laughs> all right. Now, listen to what the Passion Translation says for the King James Version. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Celebrate in every season of life. Let joy overflow. Celebrate in every season of life and let joy overflow. One of my most popular books and has been since the day I wrote it. I think I wrote it in 1981. 
If Satan can't steal your joy, it can't keep your goods. It's been reprinted I don't know how many times and I don't know how many languages. And it's gone all over the world. Amen. I had people walk up to me in the airport and say, Hey, if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep you good. We, that happened to us in Singapore. The first time Carol and I went to Singapore. We didn't know anybody in Singapore. And we got to there, landed there, walking down the terminal. I don't know who's supposed to pick us up. It's kind of late at night. We'd been in Australia. Now we're in Singapore. We don't have a clue who's going to pick us up. And that's a busy airport. And there were two young men coming toward us. They had this silly grin on their face. I said, that might be our ride. When they got up to us, they didn't say, hello, Brother Jerry. Hello, Sister Carolyn. First thing they said was, oh, Satan can't steal your joy, can't keep your goods. I said, that's our ride, Carolyn. <laughs> I'd never been to Singapore. The book got over there before I got there. And that's, that's what's happened all over the world. Amen. If you've never read that book, no, where have you been? Oh, yeah. Uh, that first trip that Carolyn and I made over there, you ever heard of Joseph Prince? He was our driver. He was about 17, 18 years old then. Yeah. And Joseph is still a partner with my ministry after all these years. Praise God. Amen. So celebrate in every season of life. Let joy overflow. What does overflowing joy look like? Can can anybody demonstrate to me what overflowing joy might look like? Anybody else? Danny? Anybody else? Overflowing joy. How would you act if somebody came in and said, I've just paid off all your bills, just bought you a brand new house, bought you a brand new car. Flowing joy. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Why? Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's it. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. Tony is my surrogate runner. Run for me, Tony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Tony. I feel better now. Praise God. Tony, Tony has run for me all over the world. Hallelujah. Amen. Overflowing joy. Celebrate in every season of life. Let joy overflow. 
Now, why aren't we doing that at home? In every season of life. Amen. That, that would include in the tough times. That would include in the times where it looks like nothing's working. It would include when you just had a major breakthrough. In every season of life, let joy overflow. What, 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 are, what are we doing when we let joy overflow? We're pressing. We're pressing. When everything's going great and when nothing's happening and it looks like God's even forgotten where you live and forgotten your name. Let joy overflow. Don't ever allow the devil to steal your joy. Don't ever allow him to, to keep you discouraged. Don't ever let him think he's winning. Don't ever give him reason to think you can't take anymore. Rejoice in spite of how it looks or how it feels. It's not over yet. Even if it looks as though he's knocked you down. Do what Micah tells you to do. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. Hallelujah. When I fall, I shall arise. Amen. The message translation says, I might be down, but I'm not out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody shout, I might be down, but I'm not out. The book of Proverbs says in Proverbs 24, 16, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. That's how you keep pressing. You get knocked down seven times, you keep getting up. Amen. The solution to winning when you get knocked down seven times, get up eight. Just get up one more time, then the devil knocks you down. Never, 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 never accept defeat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just get up. And if you can barely speak, use what little bit of voice you got to say, thank you for your faithfulness. Hallelujah. I celebrate your faithfulness. I celebrate your goodness. Isaiah 54, 17, the Amplified says, triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That means you were born to win. You were not born to lose. You were not born to just exist. You were not born to just barely get by. You were born to win. Triumph over opposition is your heritage. So no matter what you're going through right now, stand up in the devil's face and let him know you are not intimidated. Hallelujah. You are not intimidated. Satan has no defense For praise, no defense for worship, no defense for rejoicing. What's he going to do? You remember the story where God confounded the children of Israel's enemies and they started turning on themselves? Well, perhaps that's what happens in the bowels of this earth. When you start praising God in the midst of adversity and you let the devil know you're not intimidated, he does not know what to do with that. He has no defense for it. Amen. First Thessalonians 5.16 Rejoice evermore. He didn't say rejoice when everything's going well. 
Rejoice in the good times. Rejoice when you just had a miracle. Oh, those are times we rejoice, but it didn't say that. It said rejoice evermore. The message translation, if this this doesn't answer it, I don't know what does. Be cheerful no matter what. Be cheerful no matter what. Folks, we're pressing. This is what we're doing this morning. We're pressing. We're pressing toward what is to come with our church. You're pressing toward what is to come as an individual, praise God. Don't ever stop celebrating the faithfulness of God. No matter what's happening. Uh, The message translation says, be cheerful no matter what. And then it adds this, the next verse. This is the way God wants you. This is the way God wants you. Rejoicing shows that you're still believing that God is not going to let you fail. He's not going to let you be defeated. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I know this shall turn. Because he was praising God in the midst of his adversity. He didn't just challenge the Philippian believers to do it. He did it himself. He practiced what he preached. Amen. Because he knew that God was going to turn it all around for him. The message translation says this in Philippians 1.19. I'm going to keep the celebration going. Everything he wants to do in and through me will be done. I can hardly wait to continue my course. Hallelujah. Now you know why I like this man so much. He doesn't doesn't major and focus on defeat. He's pressing toward what is going to be. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's how you and I should be. Responding in praise and worship and gratitude and, and thankfulness for the faithfulness of God no matter what. Amen. I can almost hear somebody thinking out loud. Brother Jerry, that all sounds good, but you don't know what I'm going through. Well, let me ask you this. Has discouragement, sadness, and depression helped at all? Then are you ready to try something else? (laughs) How far has depression got you? How far has discouragement got you? How far is is being sad and, 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 and... Hopeless. How far has that got you? Has it changed anything? Not at all. So you're a candidate for change. Like that old commercial said, try it, you'll like it. (laughs) Amen. So listen to this. James chapter 1 verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Amplified says... Or when you encounter trials. And another translation says, when you're experiencing testings and trials. Count it all joy. The Passion Translation says this. When it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Well, listen to this. For you know that when your faith is tested. Now listen to this. It stirs up power within you to endure all things. Amen. When your faith is being tested, it's an opportunity for you to experience your greatest joy. Now, most people don't look at it that way. But the Bible says it can produce 
and stir up power within you and enable you to endure all things. So remaining joyful in spite of adversity is a form of pressing, pressing toward that which God has arranged and prearranged and God has made ready for you. No wonder the devil hopes that you will never learn this. He wished you to stay at home today. Now be honest. How many of you thought about staying home? It's raining. Carolyn's thought about staying home. But then she remembered, oh, my favorite preacher is preaching today. <laughs> we miss, we miss. Huh? Yeah, like one, one guy said, Lord, I'm not going to church today. Them people don't like me. I don't like them. Why do I have to go? The Lord said, you're the pastor. <laughs> That's pretty bad, isn't it? But you came. Amen. And aren't you glad you did? Hallelujah. Uh, like somebody said, Brother Jerry, I'd hate to be responsible for all that you preach. Once I do, and you hear it, you're responsible. <laughs> Amen. Now, the message translation says this for James, uh, where we said, count it, all, uh, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. It says, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Amen. If you can't rejoice in adversity, then your faith just showed its true colors. See, faith is not just for the good times. It's it's especially for the bad times. Amen. Will you cave in in adversity or will you continue to fight? Will you give up in adversity or will you continue to rejoice? When you continue to rejoice, you're defying the devil. Amen. Never stop celebrating. It's just a matter of time, and God is going to turn it all around. David said in Psalm 9, verses 1 through 4, I will praise thee, O Lord, I will be glad and rejoice, for thou hast maintained my right and my cause. The Amplified says, I will rejoice in you and be in high spirits. High spirits means Lively and cheerful. The message translation says, listen to this. This is high spirits. I'm whistling, I'm laughing, and I'm jumping for joy. Can can anybody in here whistle? That's not a whistle. Where did that one come from? Wow. So, uh, everybody that can whistle, let's act on this verse. Whistle. Everybody that can laugh, laugh. Everybody that can jump for joy, jump for joy. (laughs) 
guys, sit down, you bunch of fanatics. I'm whistling, I'm laughing, and I'm jumping for joy. And here's why he's doing this. The message translation says, you took over. You said everything right. When I needed you the most, you were there taking charge. Hallelujah. And notice that all came as a result of him not allowing Satan to steal his joy. He celebrated the faithfulness of God. Never stop celebrating his faithfulness. Psalm 30 verse 1 says, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up. The word extol means to exalt, to magnify, to praise, to glorify, to laud, and to celebrate. The message translation says, I will give you all the credit, God. You got me out of that mess. <laughs> Amen. How many of you need, to, need for God to get you out of a mess? Come on, lift your hand if you need for God to get you out of a mess. Well, let me tell you how the psalmist got out of his mess. Praising God, magnifying God, glorifying God. Amen. And if he did it for the psalmist, then he'll do it for you. Amen. Let me close it with this. We are called to rejoice. We have a calling on our life to rejoice. To be grateful. To celebrate His faithfulness. First Thessalonians 5.18 This is the will of God for you. And the Passion Translation says This is God's perfect plan for you. So we're just going to keep right on rejoicing and thanking God for His faithfulness. Keep, keep pressing toward the next phase of what He has for us as a church. Keep pressing toward the next phase, what He has for you. And we're going to do that pressing not only by speaking words of faith, not only by, by uh, corresponding actions, but also through our praise and thanksgiving and never, ever forgetting to thank Him for His faithfulness. Amen. Give the Lord your best shout this morning.